Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Views and opinions expressed by those involved in the show are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the newbie guide to Sweden. Welcome back, newbies. Welcome to this fifth episode of the Newbie Guide to Sweden podcast. I am your host, human person, Shiona, and oh my God, it's already June and only 23 sleeps until midsummer. Holy shit. Wherever you are in Sweden, I certainly hope you are basking in all this glorious sunshine and warmth and positive vibes. Have you noticed that people are actually making eye contact with you out on the street again? Everyone's alive. Everyone's happy. Every restaurant is spilling out into the sidewalks again. Certain streets in town have turned into Gorgartana or walking-only streets. This time of year, honestly, I think Sweden is the best place to be in the entire world. But do you agree with me? What do you think? Uh, Speaking of your opinions, we would love to hear from you guys more. So hit us up on the Newbie Guide to Sweden Instagram page or Facebook group. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast and spend two minutes giving us a glowing review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It makes the world of a difference to us. Today's episode, we are starting to talk about holiday destinations in Sweden. I've got a list of a few amazing places for you to check out around the country. I will also be talking to a newbie who is a professional outdoor adventure guide. So maybe she'll give you guys some inspiration on outdoor activities to try this summer, if you're feeling so inclined. And of course, we will hear her story of how she came to Sweden and her experience living here. So sit back, put your feet up and relax as we journey to some of Sweden's loveliest holiday destinations. First things first though, here's a short PSA about passports. Now, international travel has been somewhat limited over the past two and a bit years, but maybe this year you're planning on visiting somewhere outside of Sweden this summer. Fabulous idea! But just be bloody sure to check your bloody passport expiry bloody date, particularly if there is a Swede in your life who intends to travel with you. Swedish passports are only valid for five years, and if you didn't already hear about this in the news, there is a mad 
panicked rush of Swedes getting their passports renewed right now. At the moment, waiting times for appointments are like two months long. Plus, you've got to wait for the actual passport to get back to you. My own beloved husband, Victor Pants, had to fly all the way up to Kirina last weekend just to have his passport renewed. So be warned and check your passports before booking anything. You're welcome. All right, now let's look at places to visit in Sweden during the summer. Now, these are mine and the newbie team's personal favourites, but please feel free to call in via Instagram and share your own Smultronstella with us. Firstly, seeing as we were just on the western side of the country last episode, I've got to mention Vestkusten or the West Coast. Vestkusten is basically Gothenburg's version of the Stockholm archipelago, comprising of over 8,000 islands north of Gothenburg. The coast of Bohuslän, which is the northern section of this west coast, was once declared the world's seventh most beautiful natural landscape by CNN. The coast is incredibly beautiful, but also quite unique and unlike anything else in Sweden that I've been to. The coast is actually super rocky, but these rocks are huge, flat and bare, so they almost look like a kind of barren desert of reddish rock. It's utterly breathtaking to look at, and there's so many amazing villages to visit to see this in its glory. If you're heading to Vestkusten, you should check out Smurgen, which is one of the more popular villages to visit in the area. There's plenty of places for people to dock their boats there. There's a lot of bars, restaurants. It's extremely popular with a younger crowd. And it is also home to one of the main images you will see when Googling Vestkusten, which is this strip of beautifully painted beach houses along the water against a backdrop of high rock. It is absolutely worth a visit. Fun fact, when Victor and I were there in 2019, we were sitting in a fabulous restaurant and about four courses in, the entire restaurant lost its power. And then we realised that actually it was the whole of Smurgen that lost its power. And the reason was, about a five minute drive away, Swedish House Mafia were doing a sound check for a festival they were going to play the following night and their rig blew a very, very important fuse. So anything can happen on Smergen. Another place I absolutely loved was an area called Schön, spelled T-J-R-N. In particular, this island called Klerdesholmen. Now, if you are a fan of Sill, fermented herring, which you all really should absolutely try, hit up at the restaurant called Salt and Sill on Klerdesholmen. It's Heaven, and I've never seen so many different varieties of sill. And some other fabulous places on Vestkusten are Falkenberry and Marstrand. Are you after an excellent beach? Well, don't get on a plane to Spain, doll. We have heavenly beaches right here in Sweden. 
In fact, my own Australian mother visited one of these beaches I'm about to mention and she declared that it was one of the nicest beaches she's ever been to in her life. And I didn't even pay her to say that and she wasn't even drunk at the time. So she is a reliable source. Östelien is part of Skåne, a southern area of Sweden, and Östelien is right over on the right-hand side of the cucumber. God, I absolutely love this part of Sweden and actually was planning on getting married there, but, you know, Miss Rona came along and fucked all that up. Anyway, Östelien is a brilliant place to visit, especially if you're into open fields, farmhouses, long rolling hills... And, believe it or not, beaches. Go ahead and type Stian's Hoover's National Park into Google and check it out. Yes, that is Sweden. It's not Thailand. The sand is white. There's plenty of luscious trees arching over the sand for shade. And the water is clear as crystal. There's also a paddock that runs along a section of this beach so you can get the occasional curious visit from some local cows. Another great beach in Östelien is Sandhammaren. This beach is very Australian looking. I thought I'd miraculously travelled by flu powder back to the Great Ocean Road when I saw it. That was until I accidentally stumbled across the nude section of the beach. Then I remembered I was very much in Sweden. Next is Gotland. Gotland is a must. Oh, God, guys. I'm, I mean, oh, my God. You, just go. Just say it. Trust me. Gotland is a big-ass island, just a 40-minute flight or a three-and-a-bit-hour ferry ride south of Stockholm. And it is simply best described as a slice of heaven that came tumbling out of the sky and landed in the Baltic Ocean. Gotland is insane. It is quite a large island. There's about 50,000 people who live on it. Uh, and the main city on Gotland is Visby. And it has been rightfully voted Sweden's most beautiful village and arguably one of the best preserved medieval towns in the world. Gotland is one of the most popular destinations to visit during the summer, offering a mix of brilliant restaurants, bars, as well as a stunning countryside. Something that people will often talk about is the light on Gotland. It is very, very special and very good for the gram. In Visby, there's themed weeks during the summer, including Almedalensveckan, where all major political parties and industries meet up in the village and hold speeches and conferences. There's also Stockholmsveckan, where huge beach parties take place in Visby and the likes of Swedish House Mafia come and play and hopefully don't blow the power. And Medieval Vekgan, where an entire medieval village is constructed from scratch and people come to live life exactly as it was in the Middle Ages. Look, I won't talk too much about Gotland because it definitely deserves its own episode, but if Gotland isn't already on your list of places to visit during the summer, put it there, put it now, put it at the top. Okay, done. 
Another fabulous summer island is Erland, just off the coast of Kalmar. Very, very similar vibe and landscape to Gotland, just a little smaller. There's also a big castle on Erland called Boriholm's Slot, where a lot of concerts take place. And if you've ever seen the music video of Roxette's Listen to Your Heart, that is actually filmed at Boriholm's Slot on Erland. If you're more into activities like hiking, you could head up to Herga Kusten or the High Coast, up north in Vesternorland's Lien. This coast got its name due to the raised landscape and many mountains towering 300 metres high. This tall landscape was created during the Ice Age. There's loads of fun hikes or trail runs to do in the area, including mountains like Skulleberget. Uh, there's also some famous natural attractions in the area, such as Slottalskriven, which is this narrow passage that's about 200 metres long where it looks like someone huge took an enormous axe to the rock mountain and cut it clean in half. It's really, really cool, very stunning to look at and a really fun hike to take. Speaking of mountains, those of you who have a particular taste for real adventure, you should go and climb Sweden's tallest mountain, Kebnekaise. Kebnekaise is super far north, almost all the way up to Norway. There are two routes up Kebnekaise that you can take from the Kebnekaise mountain station, the east route and the west route. Apparently the east route is a little bit more interesting, a little bit more difficult. Uh, you actually cross a glacier doing this route apparently uh, and you do this one with a tour guide. Otherwise the west route you can do without a guide. According to my reading, June is the best month to climb Kebnekaise, so check it out. And if, if you have already climbed Kebnekaise, I would personally love to hear from you, to hear what it was like, to hear how difficult it was. Um, so hit us up on the Newbie Guide to Sweden Instagram page. And finally for this list, there is of course the Stockholm Archipelago where you literally have over 24,000 options of islands to visit. Some of my personal favourites are Urne, which you can get to via ferry from Dalare, uh, but I also love Fjerdeholmen, which is one of the closest ones to Stockholm. It has a great brewery on it and some restaurants. I also took my dad all the way out to Sandham, which was really cool. Uh, we also had one of the best steaks I've ever had uh, in my life there. <laughs> the great part of the Stockholm archipelago is that there are just so many options and so many ferries heading out to all these different islands really often during the summer. So if you're not sure, just head to Strandvägen and catch one of these ferries to one of these islands. See where you end up, you will not be disappointed. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, wow, that's a lot for <laughs> that's a lot of listening to me, but hopefully that gets you guys started on your summer plans. But I'd also love to hear from you. What have I missed? What are your favourite summer destinations in Sweden? Have you been to any of the ones I've mentioned? Hit us up. But now it is time to meet our newbie for this episode. And I'd love to introduce you all to Alexandra, who's got a lot of experience with outdoor activities in some of the places I've been talking about. We caught up in a cafe in Vasistan. I apologise that this cafe was kind of noisy during the end of our interview, but bear with me, it is worth the listen. Okay, so my name is Alexandra Aristarchova. Have you ever done a podcast before? Not a podcast, no. Oh, I was okay. thinking about it, but no, it hasn't been a reality yet. Okay, well, I'm happy to pop your cherry and welcome to your oh. first podcast interview. <laughs> Thank you, Shona. Of course. So, Alexandra, I'm so happy to meet you and thanks for making uh, the effort and taking your time to come and speak to me here in Vasastan, Stockholm. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, of course. Um, Alexandra, tell me a little bit of, about yourself. What is it that you, you do for most of your work? Uh, so I have a nature spirits guiding agency. Fabulous. Sounds yes. very adventurous. <laughs> tell me more. Uh, well, I came up with the idea. Um, I was uh, studying uh, destination management in 2019. Cool. Here in Stockholm? Here in Stockholm, yes. Nice. And I always love traveling and I'm a traveler myself so I wanted to do something fun. That was something that I wanted to do anyway (laughs) for the summer while I was on vacation. So I started up this idea that I wanted to connect also people with nature because I think that's one of the most important things that we have. We're so busy and we have the everyday life um, we're running, 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 stress, mm-hmm. and then to get out, to, to have an opportunity to, for people to get out in nature and to connect mm-hmm. and to find the alignment. Yes. So the soul alignment also happens. 
sounds beautiful. And I mean, Sweden is so abundant when it comes to nature. I mean, what is it? Like 70% of the country is trees or something ridiculous like this. Like it's, there's so much nature in Sweden. And what kind of activities do you focus on as part of your outdoor activity agency? I focus on uh, uh, forest walking tours and also on the sea with the water and kayaking. Oh, fun! <laughs> you know, I had a friend from Australia, she came over with her, her partner and they did, one of the first things they did when they got to Stockholm was a kayaking really? tour. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they just loved it and they thought it was such a cool way to get to know, just see Stockholm from the water. Absolutely, we have so much water, that's why Stockholm is such a beautiful city too. We have this, the water, we have the archipelago, so you can go in the city, but you can also go outside the city. Yes. And then we have 30,000 islands. <laughs> There's a few choices, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> As a person who's moved here, like even though I'm Australian, and everyone thinks Australians, of course, are out on the beach every single second of every single day, surfing or whatever, but the truth is we're, we're, we're you know, not that. No. I, I think compared to Swedes, I, so. I think we're not that outdoors. Swedes thinks that you are. I know, we have this crazy reputation yeah. that we're never indoors, but I actually think compared to Swedes, during the spring and summer, I don't think anyone's more outdoorsy really? than Swedes. Or maybe it's all of Scandinavia, I'm not sure. But mm. why do you think there is such an appetite for outdoor activities like hiking oh, I, and kayaking? Okay, then I have a good answer for you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's our winter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's because we're prisoners. Yes. <laughs> Six months we the crave thing. the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> but I, maybe that's why Australians mm. then are not so outdoorsy no, because so we spoiled with sun. Yes, exactly, <laughs> and we take it for granted. Mm. You know, I think even I appreciate the outdoors much more now than I ever did living in Australia for 28 years. It must be just the yeah. way this place is. It's so dark. You crave it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And as soon as the light comes out, everyone's out. I don't know if you noticed it in the spring, like the first hours of sun after the, the gloomy weather is gone in April. <laughs> yeah. I notice that people's, mm -hmm. people are looking in your eye more mm -hmm. on the street. You actually pass people and you feel connected to them. Oh. Whereas in winter, I think everyone's just trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the warmth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get through it. Yeah. Get to the end. <laughs> How does your a tour with you work? Do you sort of set a starting point in Stockholm or do you sort of design it around the people you're giving the tour to? I have two standard packaging that I work with, um, that I have been working with so far. And they are full service, um, premium tours. So everything is readily packaged. So I pick you up from the city or where you live in the city, door to door, and then we go out if you choose the, the water, the kayaking. Mm. So we go outside to the archipelago, that takes 40 minutes. Mm. And then um, we pick the kayaks and we take it easy. And it's nothing about doing or, you know, going or, mm. it's just being, <laughs> just relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the connection with the elements, the water, the air. 
and to find the peace and not to be stressed by the technical stuff. Yes. So all that is covered. You don't have to think about that. And we don't have to go and stretch ourselves physically or anything. We just be out on the water. Oh, I really like that because I think for some people, maybe for some people, the idea of doing a kayaking tour could feel quite overwhelming. Because right. it could feel like, oh, what if I'm not fit enough or I can't do it or if it's really hard. But it sounds like what you're offering is more than just the physical act of kayaking. It's actually connecting the with the experience. Fantastic. What made you want to do this? Because I'm assuming you, if you only started doing this in 2019, what made you decide to change and start doing this for a living? Well, I have a background as a photographer. Okay. So I've always been freelancing. Mm. And during my studies, um, I needed something to do over the summer. Mm. And uh, nature has always been a very very dear part of my my being as well because the connection and I do a lot of meditation and mindfulness and I've lived out in a little cottage in, in, in the forest for seven years so I really connected <laughs> and I wanted to bring it to the, to the city mm. and to the people who are travelers and maybe they're here for three days and they have limited of time mm. and I also uh, long to connect with uh, with the world, yes. <laughs> with people from all over the all over the world, and offer this experience of connecting with nature and see Sweden in another, maybe another way, not mm. just the city, but also to see the nature side of it. Because, yes. as you say, it's such a big part of the Swedish uh, soul. <laughs> yes, it feels like that. I haven't had any Swedish. Um, guests so I only work with uh, travelers. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow, and you've had people from all around the world. All around the world. A lot of from America. Yeah. Some from um, Asia. Right. Have you had any Australians? I had a couple Australians. Oh good, good to know that we're, oh, we're yes. getting in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean but that must be fantastic seeing seeing these people who probably haven't been to Stockholm before or even to Sweden before, mm. getting to see this country from a brand new perspective in the elements, it must make you very proud. Uh, it makes me content okay. <laughs> and fulfilled and gives me a lot of joy because we, it's a lot of sharing, it's like a friendship yeah. connection, we can share and we can talk and we can sit watch the sunset from a from a rock in the and you know in the forest or in the in the ocean see the sunset or the moon rise <laughs> oh my god it sounds like heaven yeah. so are you camping as well on these no i don't camp we okay. do late nights um kayaking so we, we have done um once we were out until 1 1 30 in the night wow. <laughs> because it was so beautiful it was completely still and there was full moon rising <laughs> and we just had to see that so yeah <laughs> we stayed and I guess this time of year, 1 a.m. is like, it's not dark. It's, no. it, you can be out till 1 a.m. And, yeah. and be able to get back to where you need to be totally safely. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about in this episode about Smurgen and Gotland and Hergakusten and obviously the Stockholm Archipelago. Mm. I mean, the nature is so beautiful, but also very different. It depending is. on where you go. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to do when you come here <laughs> to yes. explore. 
Mm. And as you say, the West Coast and the East Coast are so different. And then you have the South, which is totally different from the yes. North. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And also light-wise, like you have the uh, midnight sun up in the North. Mm. Then you have the starry sky down the South. So it's, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in this also this element that you seem to be very passionate about about sort of meditation and connecting with nature can you tell me more about that the grounding element yes. Ooh, I like the sound of this <laughs> sometimes we just go barefoot I had a, a, a friend or a guest from uh, um, she lived in Dubai yeah but she was from Kuwait Mm -hmm. And she, it was her first time in Scandinavia. She traveled alone yes. uh, because she was very well kept by her family. Mm. And uh, she, she could just feel totally relaxed because it was only us out in nature. And like took, just you and her? Yeah, just, just us. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, so we took our shoes off and we found there was a mud <laughs> place around a, a well where you can drink the water. So we, she was... Taking shoes, oh, I want to go into the into the mud. I want to feel the mud. So we took our shoes off and we into the black mud up to our ankles, and we we're just you know feeling the earth. Wow! <laughs> How liberating! I know. How liber that must have been an incredible experience it was. for her. Yeah. And for you as a guide, I guess mm. you are also led by the people who are on your tours mm. you know and I think that's very cool that you're very you seem like a person that if you felt someone was feeling a certain type kind of way you could help navigate that and mm. maybe so you're not sticking to a very rigid plan it can sort of go in any direction like a like a painting in right. a way that's exactly how we do the tours because I don't I don't see myself as a guide I just see myself as uh, the being mm who are holding the space. Like the facilitator. The facilitator, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then it's a collaborative right. experience, if you like, yes. that between you and whoever's on your tour, you create this mm. experience together. Yes, exactly like that. That's very cool. And that's why it's so different, because there's so many paths that you can take in the same area, and mm. all the paths maybe lead to the same place, but they're different. Mm. And it depends on which way we, the, the guests or the friends want to go. Yeah. And what we do there, maybe we want to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we want to hug a tree. <laughs> oh my god! I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you need someone who make you dare to do that, right? Well, exactly. I mean, if you, I mean, I can totally imagine myself if I was on a tour and you said, you know what, Shiona, we're gonna. We, this is a very old tree, and this is a very special place, and this has a lot of history here, and I want you to hug that tree. I would do it, and I'd be like, thank God, someone asked me to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that can be quite life-changing, I'd imagine, mm -hmm. for some people. Yes. Yeah, that was the best compliment, actually, someone said. From, uh, no, she was from the United States. But we were, uh, it was her and it was two French guests. And she said, you changed their life. Do you know that? <laughs> wow, for real? Yes, so that was the best compliment. Oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> I love that. So, if a person wants to do a tour with you, mm -hmm. how does it work? Yeah, I, I do only small groups of maximum four people, so it's very intimate. Mm. And everyone gets to know each other. So, it, it's, 
yeah, it becomes like a little family. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. It's not not the big group where it's not personal. I, I like to keep it personal and yeah. simple and yeah. Definitely. So if if you were a, a single person, you could join a group and there'd be maybe some other people there. Yeah. Or you could book something privately. Right. Oh, that's really nice mm -hmm. to know. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What a great way to like mm -hmm. meet new people. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because then you can really connect. We were planning on doing it last, we only had one weekend we could possibly do it on and mm -hmm. of course it was raining oh. so we never did it. Oh, but that can be beautiful as well. For real? Yes. In the rain? In the rain. We had thunder once. Really? Yes. <laughs> Doesn't the kayak fill with water? <laughs> where you have your spray skirt. <laughs> oh, okay. So you can kayak in the rain. You can. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's like next level adventurous. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, Alexandra, I want to also get to know you because, I mean, you've been living in Sweden for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. So you are what I would call an oldie newbie. Because mm -hmm. you're still a newbie, but you've been here for a while. You know, you're, you're, you're used to this mm -hmm. country. So um, tell me about yourself. Where are you from originally? Well, I'm from Russia. Fabulous. <laughs> and from where in Russia? Uh, St. Petersburg. But before, um, it was called Leningrad. Yes. So I'm from that age. Wow, yes. <laughs> from the 70s. So we moved to Sweden with my mother in the 80s. 1980, actually, yes. Yes, wow. Yeah. And you were just a little kid? I was moved. seven, yes. Wow. Do you remember that time in your life when you were moving? Yeah, yeah, I remember it very, very clearly. Um, it was uh, very different, uh, of course, because it was two different cultures, totally different cultures. And also, it seemed like two different timelines because uh, the Russian, um, we didn't have all the technology and all of, you know, the everyone in Sweden had uh, color photos of themselves. I had black and white photos of myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it feels like a little bit of an age gap or a time, time lapse. <laughs> you felt that Russia was behind, I guess. In yeah, behind in that way, but... Uh, also more grounded in uh, like we had the foods that was there were more genuine I felt because you go to this deli and you pick the cheese and you pick the bread and you pick the meat or whatever and they wrap it up in a paper and you take it home and you cook it whether here you go to Ica yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I see what you mean yeah, and you go and everything is plastic you know yeah. everything is wrapped in plastic plastic but you have different like in America or, or I guess also in Australia you have so much to choose from but everything is in plastic you can't touch it you can see it you can't smell it you don't know where it's from <laughs> yeah sure mm -hmm. so like that didn't exist in no, Russia no, no, it no. was like privately owned delis mm -hmm. yes yeah that must have been a real trip it was wow <laughs> And I mean, how was that like as a kid? I mean, it, it must have been really confusing as a kid. A new language and... and yeah, I learned pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I started uh, first grade when I came. So I was seven and I was just uh, before the summer. And then after the summer, I started school. And uh, it maybe took a year to pick it up. I mean, it must have been such a weird thing being sort of thrown into school and I guess not understanding anything. Yeah. And then... 
gradually being like, oh yeah, living in this language. Mm. It was, it was a strange experience and uh, a little bit also, I felt a little bit outside, but then everyone was very inclusive, so the teacher was really nice and my mom was there during the classes as well. Oh, she that's translated right. for me and yeah. from English then. She, she was um, a translator, simultaneous translator from French and English. Wow, she was translating which languages? Yeah, from, from English uh, oh. from me, to me into Russia. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the teacher was translating to her in English and she translated to me. So. Oh, okay. So the class was in Swedish yeah. and then the teacher said it in English to your mom and yeah. your mom said it in Russian to you. Yeah. <laughs> what a process. I know. <laughs> Fantastic mm. that you could do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess your, was it just your parents and yourself who moved here or do you have mm -hmm. brothers and sisters? No, it was just me and my mother and her new husband then. She, she married uh, Roland, who was Swedish. Oh, okay. I was going to say, Sweden. what was the yeah. reason you yeah. moved? But I guess the love. Yeah, they met at work, so yeah. Oh, fabulous. Mm. I mean, so many people I interviewed, myself included, have moved here for love. Mm. And so have you. Yes. It was just your mother's love that yeah. brought you here. Mm. Fabulous. Um, but... Now that you've been here, how many years have you been living in Sweden? Dare oh, I ask? <laughs> 1980, what is it then? Then it's... Math is not my subject. 42 years. Wow. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah, so Sweden is your... Yeah. <laughs> Sweden is home. It is, it is. Do you, do you have any sort of... Um, how do you feel about, about Russia? Is it still connected to you? It must still have a connection yeah, to it. I have it. a connection. I have a deep connection to it. But if I go back, they think that I'm Swedish. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Have you still got some understanding of Russian? Uh, I, I understand everything, but then it's not alive because my mother wanted us to be, you know, in the Swedish community. So she, she didn't have any Russian friends or anything like that. We moved to Gothenburg to the West Coast and we were the first ones, I think. I don't, I don't know if there was so many people moving at that time. Oh, wow. Because it was, it was KGB times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. So you weren't allowed. <laughs> Feels like you really embraced Sweden and really adopted it as your home. I have, I have. Yeah. yeah. But did you grow up in Gothenburg then? I did, yes. Ah, so do you have a Gothenburg accent? Well, I have. If I go there, <laughs> it will come out. <laughs> Fantastic. Our last episode was about Gothenburg really? and I talk about how jolly the accent is. Oh. I love the Gothenburg accent. You do? Yeah, I everyone don't like sounds. It. Oh, I you don't, don't like, like it? No, I don't like it. It's great. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> um, you mentioned before, I don't know if I uh, heard you correctly, but you said that you used to live in like a cabin. I did, yes. Was that? That was a little red uh, cabin from the, I think it was built back in the early 19th century in the forest. Wow, like in the forest. Where in the about? forest, yeah. Well, I have one neighbor. Um. <laughs> just the one. Yeah, Hello. just the one. <laughs> a kilometer away. Yeah, I never saw him. <laughs> you think you had a neighbor? Yeah, I think so. I saw the house. <laughs> But whereabouts in Sweden so nice. was this cabin? That was on the west coast. Uh, okay. Yeah, up in Alingsås. That's a, also a pretty place to visit. But back then it was really secluded. Not many people do that. Do you, would you encourage someone to do something similar? If Swedes they... love to do that. Why do you think that is? Because of the silence and the quietness and the 
because the stillness that you can relax and be totally stress-free. It takes away all the stress. <laughs> I think part of me thinks it would be really amazing to try it and part of me thinks I would get, I don't know if I would get freaked out or just like, it could be quite intimidating mm -hmm. having nothing going on. But I think that would be Maybe period periodically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not, not for seven years. No. <laughs> That's a long time to be quiet. <laughs> spiritual journey out there. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So it was a lot of growth and a lot of connection with nature. It was interesting actually. I was living there for seven years and then I was, okay, I'm finished. I'm done. Wow. I have to have a contrast. Okay, I'm going to go to New York. So. <laughs> Wait. You went from a little cabin on the west coast with no, with one neighbour that you think was there because you never saw him to New York City. I did, I did. Because <laughs> I wow. craved the civilization. So I went to New York and I was there for three months, but I never felt so lonely in my whole life. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was totally alone and in the forest. Well, I had friends visiting and stuff, yeah. but <laughs> I was never lonely there. Never. It was a connection with nature, and I was always busy going and visiting my trees and talking to the water and sitting on the stones, and you know, all of that. Sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then to New York where the buildings don't yeah. talk to you. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It was such a contrast. Interesting contrast, because I didn't think so, because it's full of people, but the people don't have that connection and that's also the, the thing that I'm trying to bring back the connection of city people comes out in nature and find the connection yes it sounds like because you've really really lived this and you've really I guess done your own personal study into what this does to a person connecting with nature it's almost like you really could be like listen I know I know that you need this yeah. <laughs> it's very good for you yeah. the trees can talk to you yeah. <laughs> um, I was uh, talking a bit about sort of places that uh, you know expats can visit around Sweden that are sort of like the you know the main places but do you have some places that you, when it comes to nature just can't miss them hmm. well the, the whole Sweden is covered with forests as we talked about um, but um, not so many people know this still uh, most of it is planted so it's not natural forests oh really yes I didn't know that yeah so you have to go and find the virgin forests Mm -hmm. There's only two to four percent left. Wow. Yeah. So if you find those forests, then you're in in a fairy tale land. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us where are they? Where oh, are they, Alexandra? A small little place, a little spot here, right next to Stockholm. Actually, it's Tyresö National Park. Tyresö. Mm, of course. It's one of the little patches that are left. Actually, that is a virgin nature. Forests. Oh yes, mm -hmm. I love I, I love Tiras. I've done a, mm -hmm. a, a walk, like mm -hmm. a hike there, just with friends. Mm, yeah. um, that's a fabulous. It is fabulous place. And, and so close to Stockholm. Yeah, very uh -huh. very close. So you to can Stockholm. take a day trip. I think the other thing that's great about um, 
national parks like Tierra Sos, it's very well signed and you get a lot of, the commune put a lot of money into these places to encourage people to yeah. go for a walk, right. do a barbecue somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And it's allowed because we have the Alamansret, the um, rites of passage. <laughs> that is very special to Sweden as well. Yes, can you tell yeah. us more about that, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the rite of passage is uh, that even though the land is private and you have forest and you have nature on it, everyone are allowed to, not to trespass, but you can walk there and you can put up a tent and you can make a barbecue and uh, for two days you're allowed to have the tent at the same spot. <laughs> so you can literally camp in Tirasö National Park? National Park's a little bit special because okay. they have all yeah, special agreements. So they probably have a place for you where you can put up the tent. Okay, like a designated area yeah. for it. Yeah, that's good. Uh -huh. But if you go up the coast and you see a lot of forest and it's not a national park, there you can go in there. It's not fenced or anything, yeah. Wow. You're allowed to be there. And also on the shoreline, as long as you don't see the house where you, where you camp. <laughs> oh, okay, so that's, mm -hmm. you have to be a fair distance from mm -hmm. maybe a house. So yeah, you're not so intruding. you don't disturb. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's not a law, but it's an agreement. Yeah. yeah, okay, mm -hmm. yes. And obviously if you do that, you need to be respectful and clean up after yourself. Yes. But that's a wonderful thing for people to know, that mm -hmm. if you do decide to do like a, um, like a Kungsleden, like those really long trails exactly. that you can do for days, you yeah. can actually just take a tent with you. And yeah, you can backpack and you can tent, tent or a hammock or yeah, you can sleep in the forest. Oh, no problem. That's <laughs> heavenly. Yeah. So Alexandra, if people are very in interested in doing a tour with you, where should they find you? I have an Instagram account, which is Nature Spirit Sweden. And in there I also have a link because I'm on Airbnb. I have two tours there. But also welcome to contact me directly through, through Instagram. Fabulous. We'll put the links in the show notes so then people can find it straight away. Have you ever done tours with people who have moved to Sweden but they're new to Sweden? Yes, I have had expats guests. Oh, lovely. Oh, yes. They enjoyed it very much because, um, uh, yeah, to, to the contrast of the city life, to get out and see the archipelago and also to, to have a chance to go with a guide who knows. And also to see the locals because where I rent the kayaks is also a special place because the guy who, who has uh, the kayak rental is, is a very local guy. Oh, really? <laughs> because he lived at the same spot for his whole, his whole life. That's so nice. He, not, like he, that. he knows it all. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I really hope people dare to do something different this summer. Do a kayaking tour or a walking tour. Hug some trees. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe even for the very adventurous, they can hire a cabin in the middle of nowhere yeah. and just experience that sense of nature and solitude and see if, if they can get to the point that you got to where you actually feel not alone, mm. being alone. Right. I highly recommend, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Alexandra, thank you so much, so much for taking the time to talk to me. I think this has been really... Um, eye-opening and super interesting to hear about your journey. Thank you, Shoma. Thank you for having me. Of course. Giving me the opportunity. Of course. <laughs> it's lovely to meet you.
newbie friends, we've gotten to the end of this episode, but I hope you've enjoyed this little insight to some summer destinations and hopefully you're walking away with some inspiration on what to do this summer. I'd like to say a very, very huge and warm thank you to Alexandra from Nature Spirit Sweden for taking the time to talk to me, not only about what she offers, but her story. And please hit her up on Instagram, Nature Spirit Sweden, all one word, and you can find the link to her tours in the show notes for today's episode. Do support her. As always, hit us up on the Newbie Guide to Sweden Instagram page or Facebook group. Let us know what you thought of this episode and maybe some other things you'd like us to cover. Please rate and review this episode and podcast. It really helps us. And we'll see you for one more episode this season before we break for the summer. And until then, hard bra. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.